problematic that is. Welcome to Problem Addict, a weekly podcast about notoriously problematic pop culture icons from our favorite reality TV shows past and present, music videos, movies, and everything in between. Hey, Problematics. Welcome to... What is this going to be? Um, welcome to another apology about my lack of getting episodes out on a regular schedule. Yeah? <laughs> but until the day someone starts to pay me for this podcast, then it's just a hobby. So, uh, yeah, don't rush me either. <laughs> um, I'm back. And hopefully I'll try to keep to some sort of schedule going forward, I hope. Um, it's just that, let's be honest, the last couple of weeks have been a little crazy. Um, I've been going through like a mix of everything that you can get thrown at you, sort of been thrown at me. <laughs> um, and most of it has to do with like home renovate or impromptu home renovations, bathroom repairs, uh, leaks being fixed, paint being painted, walls being painted, ceilings being painted, uh, ceilings being painted the wrong color, uh, light fixtures arriving and being installed. It's a lot's been going on. And I'm not even doing a renovation, to be honest. It's like I live in an old building and things happen in old buildings. And this is just so a a couple our super came by a few weeks ago. I live in a, um, I guess, a pre-war uh, building in Brooklyn. I think our building was built in like the late 20s. Um, so it's almost 100 years old now. Uh, and obviously in these older buildings, things fall apart quite a bit. Um, and we had this bathroom leak. And the bathroom leak repair took so much longer than me or my husband were expecting. And... We didn't really have like a schedule of when these uh, like plaster people, paint people, like repair people were coming. They would just sort of show up, wake us from our sleep and be like, okay, we're here. And we'd be like, uh, guys, if you come in to use our bathroom, uh, not to use our bathroom, if you come in to repair things in our bathroom, you need to inform the residents of that apartment because then we can't use the bathroom. <laughs> And it's like weird being held hostage in your own home um, because we only have one bathroom. <laughs> and it's just, I don't know if anyone's ever had the situation where like you really have to pee, but then you realize that there are two people in your bathroom and there's like a tarp covering your toilet. It's, it was not planned out very well. I'm glad it's done, but it was just so hard dealing with these renovations that weren't even like a true full renovation. They were just little minor fixes to things that like just like went wrong <laughs> over time. So hopefully we won't have any more bathroom ceiling leaks. Um, yeah. <laughs> I also felt mer Mercury ret going retrograde like super hardcore. Like not a single thing tech-wise, transportation-wise... Life-wise, I felt like was working out. Um, it was rough. And, I mean, I know this sounds completely like a spoiled first-world person complaining about 
oh my god, we couldn't get our bathroom fixed. But <laughs> and I'm fully aware of that. Like I, I take complete like as my least favorite housewife Lisa Renner would say, I own it. Um, but we also had a housekeeper flake on us. It was like, I, I almost started crying because all I wanted was like to come home to a clean apartment. And uh, after the cleaning lady flaked on us, I was just like, fuck. <laughs> I took it so personally. <laughs> I don't know why. Um, I just wanted to come home to a clean apartment that I hadn't cleaned or my husband had cleaned. I wanted someone else to do the cleaning for us. Um, and we couldn't get that. But we hired a new cleaning lady, and we think she's okay so far. Um, but yeah. Anyway. Uh, let's see. What am I into? Oh, um, I have not yet gotten through, I think, the third episode of Great British Bake Off, Baking Show on Netflix. Uh, I believe it was a Bread Week episode, so I'm not going to talk about that at all. I did finish Squid Game, though, and I loved it. I... Okay, like full, complete transparency. I was a crying mess at the end of episode six. Not that many people know this about me, um, but I have not actually seen my mother in over three years. My mother's been in South Korea since since before the pandemic started. And to be honest, she has no intention, I feel, of coming back to the States anytime soon. I mean, after the whole, like, Asian hate summer um, going into fall. And I just don't think my mother has any interest in coming back to the States ever. So if I want to see my mother, I may have to fly to Seoul, which I don't know. After watching Squid Game, <laughs> I don't know if I want to do that. Um, yeah. But Squid Game is excellent. Um, the whole thing with Sebyuk and Chiyoung about, you know, like... Be, being like saying hello to your mother or whatever it was just it was heartbreaking for me it was it was so tough and uh, beautifully acted and I like was on my sofa just like crying I needed like tissue it was so intense for me and I'm not really that emotional of a person when I watch uh shows movies but that really got me hmm I guess my heart exterior is softening quite a bit but you know what's not going to get me to soften my heart exterior? Killer Camp, season two on The CW. So Killer Camp is a show that was, I think, on last year, also on The CW. And it is a British series, but I think this year, like, The CW made it a much more Americanized version of the show. Um, although, well, we'll get to those things later, but there are two things that make it seem not very American, but uh, we'll get to those. Um, the new U.S. version of Killer Camp will return to Camp Pleasant, and this is a mix of uh, 13 unlucky American and British campers as they navigate through new deadly twists and surprises while competing to expose the quote-unquote killer... <laughs> among them for a share of the $50,000 cash prize. Each night, one of them will be viciously dispatched by Camp Handyman Bruce, who's back with Camp Counselor Bobby, and a whole host of surprises and hilariously elaborate new murders. That's the little blurb on the show from uh, the interwebs. And Killer Camp has two of my favorite things, reality shows and horror movie murders. 
And I think this is perfect uh, for October because I am not a big Halloween person. It's actually one of my least favorite like national holidays. Um, but I love horror movies. <laughs> horror movies have like always been my thing. I love a good scare. Um, Scream 2, I think, is one of the best horror movies of all time. Uh, and yeah, this has everything that I need in a reality show to get my mind off of whatever is on my mind. So um, we get this montage of the cast uh, arriving to this uh, to Camp Pleasant. And uh, they're split between three cars. One is a convertible, one is a pickup truck, and uh, one is like this uh, Jeep with like no sides. They all roll into Camp Pleasant and they keep showing an American flag to prove that this is America. But it turns out I found out from my inside source that they actually filmed this in Lithuania. <laughs> yeah, they're using Lithuania as a substitute for... Uh, like, I don't know, like rural Pennsylvania, upstate New York, wherever kids go to like summer camp. The entire cast is dressed <laughs> like um, the cast of Vanderpump Rules at one of Tom Sandoval's costume parties. Uh, I'm not sure what decade they're supposed to be in. I think they're supposed to be in the 80s. There was a lot of pink, a lot of like pastel, a lot of white, uh, tons of fanny packs. I'm pretty sure every single person on this cast is wearing a fanny pack. Um, there's a sweater tied over someone's shoulders, uh, like those like old school nylon, like sports jackets, uh, like team jackets. And I would say that maybe 10 out of 13 of this cast look like they're straight out of the eighties. They get greeted by camp counselor, Bobby. And, uh, Bobby was also the camp counselor for the show last year. Now, just as a little aside, Bobby is a stand-up comedian. He's a Canadian comedian playing a camp counselor in Lithuania. <laughs> so even right there, then and there, you're like, you just have to like go along with this. Um, and then we get to sort of in the introduction of our actual cast. Um, the, the first person that gets to say something is Gabriel. And he says the most Gabriel thing, I think, on earth after we meet Gabriel. You'll completely understand why it's the most Gabriel thing he's ever said, because he says, this camp is dope. <laughs> I'm like, uh, he also says the word hype at one point, And I'm like, Gabriel is like a walking frat bro. <laughs> he just is. We meet the nerds, Sean and Clyde. And I don't think Clyde is that much of a nerd, but whatever, just go with it. We meet SJ. SJ gets a talking head and we hear his English accent for the first time. And then we start to hear some more. So it looks like that most of this cast is from Europe, or at least British, English, from the UK. Uh, and maybe there's like one or two Americans faking their accents to sound either British, Irish, more continental. Um, but there's something that I picked up on really early that I don't think that everyone is using their natural accent. And I mean, only because I watched this like three times, I just kept going back and forth on who is using their real accent and who's not. Like, for instance, I know that Mora, uh, who is, I think, the dim one, and I hate to call her the dim one because I don't think she's that dim or ditzy or whatever. She's just 
real, I feel. Uh, Mora was one of my favorite contestants on a show that aired on HBO Max called The Bridge. Um, I love that show. That show really like is what started me getting onto this podcast and doing this podcast journey. So if you haven't watched The Bridge, I highly recommend checking it out on HBO Max and then listen to my episodes talking about The Bridge. Um, but Mora is I would consider her a friend of mine. Uh, we go back and forth in DMs every now and then. And I know that Maura is from Ireland. So she is using her real accent. Her Irish accent to me does not sound like anyone else's Irish accent. But I do feel like Sean is also trying to cover up his Irish accent. Um, and I think like Lexi is also trying to cover up her British accent. Or her American accent is an accent that I'm not familiar with. Okay, Gabriel. Gabriel just sounds American. Everything he says sounds like he's not making it up. He just sounds. He oozes like Americanness. <laughs> I don't know. You know, you can just like spot like an American, and he just seems like an American. He sounds like a total bro. Uh, and then Clyde reads him, uh, but then says he can get along with anyone. So maybe Clyde's a douchebag, too. I hear music. That's from outside. It's so loud. I'm not buying Clyde's nerd act, though. That boy definitely works out. He takes care of his body, and I think he might like also wax his chest. So those, to me, aren't like nerd-like behaviors. We get a segment with Basil uh, interviewing, saying that he can see himself, Clyde, the tall, waxy bro, and uh, Gabriel, the, I guess, jockey douchebag bro, uh, can just bro out can be bros together they're bros before does someone says oh gosh killer please uh okay so valentina is another contestant she's dressed <laughs> um this is a very small reference that no one i think is going to understand but she she's dressed like a cause window cos that store i don't get it she's wearing this like baby blue blazer a white crop top and like these beige high-waisted pants it's like business casual but like not. She also has these blonde tips, but her roots are super dark. And I wish that this was the iconic drag queen Valentina who made keeping the mask on a thing even before COVID-19 was a thing. Uh, but it's not that Valentina. It's this other Valentina. So yeah. Uh, no, all the talking heads seem to take place in Camp Counselor Bobby's office. Hmm. And then there's this weird scene of Valentina and Bella asking Sean, why are you so nice? Why do people ask questions like that? Honestly, like, how do you think he'd respond? Like, when someone says, like, oh, you're quiet. Yeah, I'm quiet. Because I'm silently judging everything. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> but I, I don't understand people that point out things about other people and then expect people to have a reaction to that. I, it, it's beyond me. Jordan speaks up at the Circle of Trust, and um, Jordan is a boy. Jordan's a dude. Uh, and the Circle of Trust is this, like, camp exercise led by our camp counselor, Bobby. And I don't remember. I think at the Circle of Trust, he's no longer wearing his uh, camp counselor uniform. Like, he changes into a red tracksuit, like a red Adidas tracksuit. It's just a little weird. 
Um, so Jordan is a tennis star, and his American accent to me seems right on. I don't think he's faking it. And it seems like uh, SJ interviews and says that Jordan's got the sparkle, so I think we get a little glimpse into SJ might have a crush on Jordan. Hmm. So to me, none of these guys are like drop-dead gorgeous, but to each their own. I wouldn't look twice at Jordan, and I think that Basil looks kind of like Millie Vanilli Jr., but whatever. Uh, Gabriel looks like every non-white bachelor, bachelor in Paradise contestant, like fully formed from the test tube. He has like a little bit of Thomas in him, a little bit of Aaron in him. He also kind of looks like Mason Gooding. <laughs> anyway, uh, and then Mora gets to speak up at the Circle of Trust. And this is Maura's second stint on TV because she, like I said before, appeared as a contestant on HBO Max's spectacular uh, The Bridge. And I really love that show. It has a special place in my heart. So hi, Maura. Hi, Julie. Hi, Billy, Tara, all my other friends from The Bridge. Um, I hope they get another season. I should look that up. Um, maybe they're filming right now. Who knows? So Clyde and Sean are the nerds. So Camp Counselor, asks, so Camp Counselor Bobby, rather, asks them a few questions and Clyde says something along the lines of, I hope this camp is big enough for two nerds. You know, like kind of implying that he's gonna get rid of the other nerd, Sean. And then we meet this girl, Sarah. <laughs> I had to take a moment saying her name because she spells it like the wine, Sarah, but she pronounces her name, Syrah, Syrah. S-Y-R-A-H. Uh, and she's our resident cowgirl. And I know this because she's wearing cowboy boots and plaid and, of course, a cowboy hat. So she's the cowgirl. Uh, she says something about Mora's the loudest, but she's not annoying. <laughs> and this made me laugh because I also don't find Mora annoying, but I guess other people do. <laughs> Whatever. Um... And then the, the funny, the funniest part to me is when Mora uh, starts laugh, like she like guffaws like from this deep belly laugh, and then she kind of admits, "No, I am annoying." <laughs> You're not. You're lovely, Mora. Um, and then Sean says that he needs to go to the restroom, and I swear this is when he sounded super Irish. Like he's not, he's he's not doing well with his American accent. I feel. Uh, I'm gonna get a little bit more comfortable, so I'm making some sounds, uh, and. Um, so Sean runs out to the, this like outhouse that's by the circle of uh, trust. And then we see a speeding tractor driven by Bruce, the camp handyman. And for some reason, I don't know why camp counselor Bobby asks the campers if they mind the side of blood. And then bam, the tractor runs over the outhouse, <laughs> demolishing it and our poor first victim, Sean. And when I tell you that these reaction shots are priceless, I mean, we see cast member or campers like shrieking, crying, screaming, and then someone shouts, he was fully in there. And then I'm pretty sure that this is my pal Mora that says, he's dead, isn't it? <laughs> and if you've listened to my bridge episodes, you know how much I just love that British phrase, in it. Um... He might be okay, Camp Counselor Bobby says. People have survived worse. 
Uh, no, the outhouse just got run over by a tractor. He's not going to survive. And then to prove this point, like the entire thing just explodes. So no, uh, poor Sean will not be surviving this uh, attempted murder. This is a murder. <laughs> so um, we get some subtitles of explosions and slow screams. And then we get the final shot of what appears to be blood, guts, and one of Sean's lone sneakers on the toilet. Listeners, all of this happens in the first nine minutes of the show. (laughs) So after the break, we deal with the aftermath of Sean exploding. Yes, I said that. Uh, And I wish Bella had toned down her makeup because... I'm sure she's like a beauty YouTuber, blogger, vlogger, Um, but this is a daytime summer camp, and I need her makeup to reflect that, because she is going for like smoky-eyed, like romantic, I I don't know what she's working on, but it's, it's, it's very like Sunset Cruise on the Lake, but it's not Circle of Trust. (laughs) Um, So... SJ is, I think he's also a beauty blogger, like a real beauty blogger. Um, But SJ is me because he's already formulated that this theory uh, with some proof. (laughs) uh, He's bringing uh, receipts that um, Gabriel is shaking. Gabriel was shaking when they they sat down at the Circle of Trust. So Gabriel is nervous because his like foot was twitching. And uh, I think there might be some truth to that because but I also want to think that because I know that they're not filming in America and that this is Lithuania it might have just been cold and he is fidgety because he's trying to like raise his core body temperature but whatever um Gabe makes a joke about being frozen in the moment and then singing let it go which seemed a little too scripty for me so I feel like Gabe is a producer plant Um, He feels the most fake, but honestly, the most real. (laughs) Like, you couldn't cast someone like Gabe if you wanted. Um, So essentially, he's the perfect killer to put in a show, I feel. (laughs) But I kind of want Jada to be the killer because she doesn't have a huge part in this episode. And I personally suspect the producers just want to throw us off as viewers. Um, I feel like I already know who who wins Survivor because of editing, this show, I'm not 100% sure. And who is this goth girl? She's in all black. She's got a black bandana, dark eyeliner. Please give her a title card with a name. Because this isn't Bella. This is someone else. So rest in peace, Sean. We have our little moment to lower the flag uh, by camp counselor Bobby. And um, yeah, he basically gets a brief RIP and we move on. The cast is in wetsuits and bikinis, and like I thought, Clyde does not have a nerd body. It's the first money game, and the whole point of this game is to run across a slippery pole and then grab these inflatable animals from this slack line. Uh, The animals have dollar amounts on them, and you get to keep the money if you make it across. Or is that make it across? I think you can fall. I think as long as you hold on to the animal and if you fall in the water, you still earn the money. I don't know. I'm not paying that much attention to the show. Um, So Jada, 
uh, takes one step and falls immediately. And there is some concern from SJ when Jada doesn't come back up for air. And we get to a commercial break. But it's a misdirect because with some heroic music, Jada emerges from the water and she's alive. Yay. So I too, like Jada, am just, I'm just clumsy. I'm all arms and legs, uh, lanky, and I just sort of trip over myself all the damn time. In fact, I even dislocated my own knee at a restaurant one year um, because I bumped into a very, very heavy and long wooden bench. I hate benches. If I see a bench, uh, I, 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 I get like a panic attack. I want to sit on a chair. I don't want to sit on a bench ever. Uh, please give me a proper chair. Anyway, uh, I really thought Bruce was going to jump out of the water and take out another camper during this money challenge. I'm also keeping an eye on who's where and who goes missing, just for my own sake. I've seen Clue enough times to know that if someone is missing from a scene, they're probably doing something bad, <laughs> like killing someone. Okay, so I think the goth girl is Lindy. But Bella, who I thought was English, now sounds like she has an American accent. Hmm. I also think Jordan, the tennis star, is older than he looks. He could use a better sunscreen. He's got a couple of wrinkles around his eyes that I think could put him in his 30s. That's just me. Okay, so at the end of the game, the team won uh, $2,275, but $725. Uh, goes directly into the killer's bank account. And Camp Counselor Bobby says, see you later, you've got some time before the next immunity game where one of you and a friend will be safe from tonight's killing. They cut in some footage of Bruce looking menacing and uh, overlay some screams. And then we get Basil, 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 Basil. We got Basil, Gabe, and Clyde talking about people's performances. Clyde is very suspicious of Jordan. And then SJ tells Jada that he fancies Jordan. I don't think he's a killer. He's my baby, he says. Uh, we get to see Valentina and Lexi walk over to sit with uh, Basil, Gabe, and Clyde. And we get a talking head of Valentina calling Gabe loud, annoying, attention-seeking kid that people are just like, shut up. Let me tell you, she may not be right, but she's definitely not wrong. <laughs> uh, he asks the girls if they want immunity, uh, who they would save, and they don't really answer. Instead, Lexi sort of asks Gabe, uh, who would you save? And he immediately replies, Clyde. Well, while, rather, the girl he's crushing on, Valentina, is sitting right beside him. Practically on him. Typical bro behavior. Uh, so the boys go on and on about theories, and uh, Basil suspects Mora. So Gabe backs him up, and now he's flat out calling her sketchy, and that she's playing the game really well. But I want to ask him how. Basil says, I think Mara's the killer, which is hilarious to me because I don't think it's her and I haven't seen any signs yet as to who it can be. So this just seems awfully messy this early into 
of this show. Uh, Quivering Mess is our immunity game. It's kind of reminiscent of Squid Game, actually. It's this bow and arrow shooting game, uh, dual style. So you pick two players, you take five paces, you turn around, and then you start shooting your like uh, padded Nerf ball arrow. Bella does a talking head uh, and complains that Gabe, who gets to pick first, is picking her because she's four foot eleven, and Gabe is a six foot plus dude. Uh, Gabe would fit in perfectly on the challenge. That overinflated male ego that fits in so well over there with like loser Corey, uh, Josh, Fessy, all those like messy toxic people. Uh, kind of delusional. Always blames girls, uh, women for everything that they can't do. Uh, you know, like the epitome of toxic masculinity. Also, I couldn't find social media for Gabriel, which I thought was very odd because he looks like he'd be on Instagram doing bicep flexes or reels and gray sweatpants. Uh, so that further makes me think that he's a producer plant. I mean, I follow Mora and now a few others from this show, but whenever the cast promote the show, I noticed that Gabe is never tagged, and I think that's kind of interesting. Hope that wasn't a spoiler. Hmm. Okay, so it starts to rain, and it dawns on me that they're probably not filming this in America. They've eliminated half the players, so yeah, we're down to the second part of the duel. Next is SJ and Gabriel, and they both fumble with their foam padded arrows. Uh, slipping and sliding on this wet grass, but eventually, after a slow-motion battle, SJ shoots and hits Gabe. The girls are super excited. Uh, actually, I guess everyone's kind of excited and jumping up and down. Unfortunately, SJ loses against Valentina. And the final showdown is Valentina versus Clyde. And she defeats him pretty quickly. Good for you, Valentina. And we learn that she gets the immunity woggle. Uh, a woggle is like that thing that Boy Scouts wear that keeps their like kerchief around their neck. It's like a little fastener. So she gets to wear that and she gets to save a friend. So she saves Lexi. Interesting. Post immunity challenge, the campers are back in their talking head looks. Uh, so they're back in their fancy clothes. So they get out of these like athletic clothes to change into their regular clothes again. Um, not these blood splattered things. And uh, they're talking about who's in an alliance, etc. And Valentina uh, suspects that they are interested in Clyde. So will there be a showmance? Let's find out. I'm sorry. So Valentina saved Lexi. And now the campers suspect that they are both interested in Clyde. Love triangle. Will there be a showmance? We'll see. But first, <laughs> kidding, sorry. That was my little big brother, Julie Chen moment. Okay, so Mora feels like she's put a target on her back because she's loud. Uh, Valentina admits that the boys, Clyde, Basil, and Gabe did mention Mora's name earlier. And you can tell that this really shakes her. Her mood changes. She goes all quiet. She looks concerned and uh, wants to know how deep the conversation went. She looks hurt, and I don't blame her. It's hard when... Like, people just throw your name out for uh, being a, sus a, uh, a killer. And uh, you really can't defend yourself. So the campfire is next. And the campfire is the killing stage. For the campfire, uh, Camp Counselor Bobby is back in his Camp Counselor uniform. So he changes out of his red tracksuit. Interesting. 
Jada says that this isn't a game. We're fighting for our lives. Jada, hun, uh, this is a game. And it's for fun. So maybe my initial impression is wrong and she's not the killer. SJ and Gabriel are sitting awfully close to each other. It looks like they're sitting on top of each other. It also looks like they're holding hands from this camera angle. Anyway, uh, on the other hand, Valentina and Clyde are actually holding hands. This is how close they've gotten. <laughs> Camp counselor Bobby uh, says that the killer has chosen two campers to visit the Camp Pleasant Organic Ice Cream Parlor, they called it. But they should have called it the Ice Cream Parlor. Get it? Because, you know, puns. Clyde and Basil are heading into the woods, and one of them won't return. Any final words? Camp Counselor Bobby asks. It's been fun. Hope to see you tomorrow. Uh, I think Basil says. And then uh, Camp Counselor Bobby kind of gives him some shit and says, not the, not the best final words I've heard. Wouldn't want that on my tombstone. Uh, and we end the campfire story that tell, and we end with the campfire story that tells us how the campers will die. This is something that I remember from season one. It basically, you're sitting around a campfire. The camp counselor tells you the story that's kind of supposed to instill some fear in you. And these are basically the motions that the killer takes to kill the person that goes off into the woods. Um, it goes to black and white, like a really, really grainy black and white actually, and Clyde and Basil split up. They go into different directions. Uh, the TV switches back to color, and then they find their individual ice cream parlor uh, prizes, and it's basically a food truck with some ice cream in it. And knowing what we've seen from Clyde and Basil, I thought for sure that Clyde would die because he's had much more screen time in this episode, and we don't see any of Clyde's reactions. No eating ice cream, uh, only uh, Basil's eating the strawberries and cream. And then the camp handyman, uh, the killer accomplice, Bruce, shuts the door of the truck, locking Basil inside, turns the temperature down, and then he will freeze to death. Rest in peace, Basil. And maybe Basil is a good actor because when he pretends to be frozen and he's like moving his eyeballs... Uh, I believe that he was really frozen stiff and about to be shattered to pieces with a baseball bat. <laughs> and I'm smart enough to know that that can't happen, but for a silly, dumb CW, like, summer show, I guess fall show, I'll play along. And he explodes into a pool of red liquefied jello. It's a mess. Uh, the effects department they've got in Lithuania is really, really turning it out, I gotta say. Props to them. SJ and Gabe are even closer now that the story is over than they were at the beginning of the campfire. And I gotta say, I love this display of man-on-man -man affection. I'm into it. Uh, Clyde is alive and comes back while <laughs> like this version of Amazing Grace plays in the background. And then I was like, okay, this episode's crazy. Got, uh, it turns out, yes, I did find Gabriel on social media. He does have an Instagram page. Uh, I don't think he's as much of an actor as I thought he was. Uh, but who knows? Um, I think this is only going to be on for like five or six weeks. And I think this is perfect. 
Uh, I think the descriptions of these people is really kind of generic and bland. Uh, Sean was considered the nice guy. Basil, now that he's dead, is considered the cool guy. And I didn't think anything about him was that cool. Valentina is considered the flirt. Syrah is considered the cowgirl. That's obvious. Uh, SJ is considered the screamer. Mora is the dim one, but she's not. Lindy is the rocker. Hmm? Um, I guess the goth rocker. Lexi is the blonde. Come on. Jordan's the tennis star. Jada's the bubbly one. Gabriel is the bro. Clyde is the nerd. And then Bella is our bombshell. So with uh, Basil and Sean out, we now have 11 people left in the game show camp, whatever. All right. So we'll be back next week with next episode of Killer Camp. Hey, all you problematics. Thanks for listening. Check me out on Instagram. I can be found at problematic pod. It's problematic pod. And leave me a five-star review on Apple Podcasts. Check you next time. Thanks for listening. <laughs>